We're on the flight line at the 2021 Sun and Fun Flying and Expo, and we'll be joined by John Lights Leanhouts, the president and CEO. This special Cigar Dave Show and Bold Alpha Combo podcast is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha San Miguel, a medium to full-bodied Nicaraguan puro that delights the senses with notes of white pepper, gentle earthiness, and a sweet honey-like finish. San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkhaCigars.com and by Davidoff of Geneva, makers of Camacho and the Camacho Connecticut. Tame, but tuned up to deliver more flavor and more satisfaction. Morning, noon, or night, it is always the perfect time for Camacho Connecticut. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Greetings and salutations. It is Cigar Dave and Alpha Dave, your global five-star general, Alpha Male and Chief, front and center today from the flight line at the 46th and 47th annual Sun and Fun Expo and Flying Lakeland Linder Airport, Central Florida, very close to Orlando, close to Tampa. And it is my pleasure to welcome a frequent guest here to Cigar Dave and now Bold Alpha, John Lights Leanhouts, the CEO of the Aerospace Center for Excellence and Sun and Fun. But Lights, first up, did you miss us? Miss you. I cried buckets. It was so depressing. <laughs> I was crocodile tears as a river. I was flowing like the Nile. We were so sad. It was the most miserable moment of our lives when they said, thou shalt not have sun and fun 2020. You know, think about it. If you would have been like two weeks later, three weeks later, you would have had sun and fun last year, 2020. It's amazing what a difference three weeks makes. But uh, lights, I got to say, I'm looking at your little pin, you know, the the uh, the tag, the name tag you wear, and it says lights, okay, customer service. Doesn't say CEO, doesn't say head f- head guy on the flight line. It says customers. So do you realize the number of people that walk by say, I just talked to that customer service guy, not the CEO. <laughs> you know, I did that this morning. I picked up a guy. I picked up a guy who was walking from the campground going out to uh, Light Sport because he's going to do a briefing. He's going to fly his airplane, and he's in the car or in the, in the golf cart with me, and we're just chatting away, and he goes, oh, yeah, customer service. I got a couple questions. And, hey, by the way, this is good, and that's bad. So what I, what I find is if I have this customer service name tag on, they will tell me everything I do or don't want to know. And, and, and they, it's unfiltered, but that's good because right. stuff that I didn't know was going on can get fixed, and stuff that's going good, I can go tell the folks that are doing it, you're doing a hell of a good job. What year is this for you as CEO? Uh, This will be my ninth fly-in, tenth fly-in. It'll be my ninth. I've been here nine years. I'll be I'll be ten years in August. Ten years. Well, we've been doing. We you we've had you on. I think I think most of those years. I think so, Dave. And what's amazing is I've been coming to Sun and Fun for twenty five plus years. Uh, moved to Tampa probably thirty I think thirty one thirty two years ago and maybe longer probably twenty seven right. years I've been coming. But when you took over, in short order, there was a massive change in the staff in terms of customer focus, customer service, customer friendliness, really creating this to be not just an air show, but an air show where people said, man, I love going there because the experience is incredible. You did a 180 because Sun and Fun had some issues before. We're not going to sugarcoat it, but you have done, I wouldn't say an outstanding job. I think exceptional, outstanding is, is really is too modest because you've really done really an amazing job. And when you look at the growth, especially coming after last year, it was a oh. tough year, as you know. I mean, people look forward to this. And Sun and Fun really is the, I call it the unofficial start of the aviation uh, season, if you will, where this is the second largest air show in the country, rivaling only, I think, uh, EAA Oshkosh. Correct. And I've been to both. And I can tell you that the experience here is every bit as great as it is at Oshkosh. Many of the same vendors, same people that come in and same flying. But this is really an important part of the aviation year and when we didn't have it last year, I think the entire oh. aviation industry really went into depression. 
totally in a depression. And let's, let's talk about that uh, customer service aspect. You know, I came here, I've been coming here since 1980, either flying my own airplane in here, performing in a Navy jet, or flying my steerman in and sleeping under the wing. And I had watched over time how the atmosphere had uh, degraded to they were just opening the doors and get what you can and uh, then go home and we want your money. And I thought, that's just not the way to do business, but I'm not in charge, so I can't do anything. I still like coming. Well, when I had that opportunity, it was just, you know, very fortunate to be selected to be to take over this role. I said, the first thing we got to do, folks, is we got to fix the number one problem, and that's our image, as we want to be the friendliest, funnest air show in the South. You got to be recognized for quality, not quantity. I don't care if we don't have anybody flying, but the ones that do fly in and the ones that drive in are going to leave here going, that was really awesome. They took good care of me. I understood what's going on. And oh, by the way, I got my money's worth, and I'm going to come back next year. And oh, by the way, I'm going to tell my friends. And so what you're seeing today is the end result of a constant, consistent attempt to improve the quality of the experience of the guests. Because as much as I love airplanes, I love people more. So the only way that airplane comes is if you fly it here. If that person rents, buys a ticket and drives in here, airline ticket to Tampa, get a rental car and drive over here. And they don't come if they don't have fun. If they aren't appreciated and have a good time, they won't come back. What you're looking at here today... Tuesday, this Tuesday, yesterday, largest, largest population of airplanes we've seen on the ramp on a Tuesday in 20-plus years. Really? Absolutely. Our ticket sales, advanced ticket sales, were up 30%. I think a lot of that has to do with people who are just dying to get out of the house. Absolutely. They want to go out and enjoy life again. And then the, the, the rest of this is, and this is so important, people are figuring out now that when you come to Sun and Fun's Aerospace Expo, you're going to have a good time. But more importantly, your dollar goes to help the next generation of aerospace professionals grow to be who we are. Those that love aviation, we're hardworking, we're responsible, accountable. We have real jobs, we do real things, and we change the world. That's what we're building right here because you come to Sun and Fun. Well, I want to talk about your background in just a bit, uh, but real quickly while you're Segged into the top. By the way, it could be a broadcaster lights. You just segged right in perfectly into that next into that next area I want to discuss, and that is really what the beneficiary of Sun and Fun, what the million people that come every year, however many come and fly in, this all goes towards education. You've got a school right on campus here at the airport. Absolutely. We've got a high school that will hold 500 students, uh, grades 9 through 12, freshman to sophomore. Uh, right now, we've got 300 students in there. We've got room for more. It's not a private school. It's not a charter school. If you're a, a, a if you can get into the front door with an eighth grade graduation certificate, we let you attend our Central Florida Aerospace Academy. No charge. But you have to be a resident of Polk County? No, you no, don't. no, no. We have people driving down from Brooksville. We got really? Them, we got them driving from Auburndale. I've had students come from as far away as an hour drive one way. Unbelievable. And then, oh, by the way, we got people that are flying. Move. We've had families move from Alaska. They move from New really? Jersey. They move from Miami. They move from Dallas. And they come here. They don't come here for a job. They come here for their kids. They come here for their young men and women that want to go to a career in aerospace. And we give them that first shot because they know this is one of the best schools on the planet for that. And if you, if you do come here, then you get in line for that learn to fly scholarship, go to college scholarship, learn to fix scholarship. And we're doling out over $400,000 annually to young men and women that have a focus to fly, fix, design, build, operate, aerospace professionals. We're building them as fast as we humanly can. I know we've had seminars in that building. It's a magnificent facility. You notice how clean it is? It is. It's that, spotless. You can eat off the floors. And guess what? They've not done anything in there. That building has been there for 10 years. Right. The students don't do damage. You know why? Right. Because we don't let kids go there. We let young adults go there. Because once they walk in that door, the senior class says, Thou shalt not act like a freshman. You're right. going to act like a young adult. We don't mark it up. We don't kick in lockers. We don't do graffiti. We don't do stickers. We don't argue. We don't push. We don't shove. We don't scream. We don't use foul language. This is a holy ground for those that want to succeed in life. So get on board the boat, or you can go back to the pier. Well, I've got an eighth-grade education and a certificate to prove it. Uh, can I attend the Aerospace Academy. I mean, I, I well, did graduate college. However, you said just an eighth grade, edu you know, graduate graduate certificate. I've got that. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll do what I can to get you in, but I don't really be able. The problem you might have is you've got to keep a 2.75 grade point average all the way through. Lights, so I would have no problem at that. <laughs> Believe me, okay? Believe me, that was never an issue. <laughs>
<laughs> so, lights. Let's let's talk about sudden fun a little bit because we're on the flight line here. I mean, we're literally we can see the flight line. We're at the AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association Pavilion. They were kind enough once again to host us, and I, this reminds me of when I was a kid growing up. I grew up in Buffalo. My dad would take me in his convertible, his Buick convertible to the Greater Buffalo International Airport, which is what it was called at the time, before yeah. it became Buffalo Niagara International Airport. Yeah. And back then, there wasn't a giant. There was a fence, but it wasn't giant. He would take me to the end of uh, runway 23. There was like a, 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 a tunnel, and there was a bridge over it. And I could see all the planes landing and taking off right from there. And a lot of times he would say, "Where do you want? what do you want to do? I'd say, plane, plane, plane. Let's go out to the airport. And I'd watch those planes land and take off. And then when it would get too far, he'd put me on his shoulders and I would see the planes. And I could do that for hours. And that gave me my love of flying. From a young age, I wanted to be a pilot. And to this day, when I sit at the end of the runway lights, I think about my dad taking me there. I know the, the physics and, and aerodynamics of why a plane flies, right. but I still sit there, true story. And just as the planes take off and land, when I'm waiting for my cue... It still fascinates me today to watch it. I'm mesmerized. Well, you know for a fact that once you learn to fly, you never stop looking skyward when you hear an engine. That is correct, 100%. And what's interesting to me is that as a kid, you could go to the airport. And you. I remember going to the control tower. I had an eighth-grade project on the Buffalo Airport, the history. And I called, and they said, sure, we'll show you the uh, the tower. You can take pictures and everything. And in the radar room, you can't do that today after 9-11. You can't take kids and get them on the airport grounds. So this is the closest that kids, the next generation, can get to aviation. They can touch the airplanes. They can see the airplanes. They're right on the flight line. They're watching the planes taxi take off. They can hear the sounds. That's something that you get here at Sun and Fun. And guess what? That is the first word in our mission statement. Engage. Right. Engage. Get them exposure. Let them see it, feel it, touch it, enjoy it, be excited by it. And then the next word is educate. They don't know it. There's a lot of education going on around here because when you talk to a pilot, they tell them, well, this is how this does this, and this is how this does that, and this is what this does, and that's why I go fast and fly. And you're like, wow, they're learning. They don't know it, but they're learning. But and the th best learning is when you don't know you're learning. And that's when it. When you're enjoying yourself. Exactly. So our mission to engage educate and accelerate the next generation of aerospace professionals starts right here with Sun and Fun. We expose so many young men and women to this opportunity and to see the light down the tunnel that says, I could be in that world. I could be a pilot. I could be a mechanic. I could learn to design and build them. I could operate unmanned air vehicles. All of it's waiting for you, and it's not that hard. I mean, look at me. I barely got out of high school, and here I am sitting here in this position. Well, let's not minimize the fact that you were a very, uh, you were a tremendous aviator in the Navy. So let's talk about that because you're minimizing that. You don't land aircraft on carrier decks if you're not proficient and at the top of your game. Well, the truth be known, everybody has something that motivates them. And you say, well, I want to do this or I want to do that. My motivation was I didn't want to be throwing hay bales on the back of a truck in Kansas anymore. So I said, I think I would rather be flying jets with an air conditioning system. I just didn't think about the part you got to land on a carrier that goes with it. Right. <laughs> Bobbing up and down. 20. You know, it's amazing. You see some of these documentaries and they show the ship doesn't look like it's going anywhere. But when they focus that camera, it's like 20 feet up and down. Oh. I got enough problems landing on a runway that doesn't move. Dang. And then when you see that going up and down, Tell us about that experience. That's got to be harrowing early on as a student, you know, you know when, pilot. When you first go out there for the very first time, now remember, nobody goes out to the ship to land on it with an instructor on board. You're, really? You're all alone. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yes, sir, you are. There ain't no instructor going to ride with you. So you're going out with your trusty little jet for the very first time, solo a mono, and you just suck it up and go, okay, buttercup, everybody else is doing it. I better do the best I can or I'm going back to Kansas. So you get real focused and you look down that glide path and you see the boat now they don't teach you to land on it when it's moving just yet they're in the gulf of mexico right. on, a, on the lexington or whatever it is but you go out and and you tr you do what you train to do you, and the instructors will tell you do not think about it don't look at the deck you look at the landing aid we call it the ball right look at the landing aid you follow that look at your angle of attack 
look for lineup, and then you just go meatball, lineup, angle attack, meatball, lineup, angle attack, meatball, 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 bam. And next thing you know, you're in the wires. Like, how to get here? Oh, my gosh. Because you don't look around. Because the minute you look around, right. you're going to get sick to your stomach. Right. It does look, it's way too dangerous, way too stupid human act to even think about doing that, but yet you do it. And then the trick to this becomes the more proficient you get at it and you do it regularly, it gets to be fun. Now it gets to be a game. Can I get to the three wire? Fly an okay pass because you're graded. Every single landed is graded. Is graded. And if you don't get a two, if your if your grade point average on a 4-0 scale comes down below a 2.75, then the uh, air wing commander or your boss will bring you aside and said, "Okay, Dave, you're going to have to work on your proficiency out here. And if your grades don't come up, maybe carrier operations weren't for you, and you need to go back and start pumping gas out of a at a gas station." Right. And so you go, "Oh, I got to get better." Major at this. motivation. Major motivation. I got to get better and better. And then you get better at it, and you start and you start liking it. And I really liked the day the day the day landings were just so much fun. But when you took away the sun, different perspective. Totally, there is no perspective. There's nothing There's out nothing. there. There's nothing. It's a There's black no, hole. It's just spookiest thing. I, people say, "What's it look like out there?" I said, "Can you imagine sitting in the bottom of a of a of a mine on a on a midnight with no moon in the bottom of a mine, and all you see off in the distance is a little pin light. That's all you got. You can't see. You can't feel anything because everything's in three dimensions. You can't see up, down, left, right. Nothing's out there. It's just a little dot. And you're gonna fly your instruments, and that dot gets bigger." and bigger and bigger until you see just the faint outline of a runway light and the drop lights and the Fresnel lens and you lock on the lens and line up on the center line and you just pray to God that you just do everything right because if you don't, then you get to go meet the ramp god. The ramp god's the back of the ship. That's not good. And that's not good. They usually take your life back there. Right. And then you go down to Davy Jones. Well, I remember when I was taking my private pilot training in Baltimore uh, right after college, finishing up my private and first time we went out for night flight. Right. It was a clear night, beautiful. You could see some stars in the sky, very smooth. We took off, but the way we took off was over the water. There's nothing, you know, in the bay. It was pitch black. (laughs) And so we take off. And literally, I didn't even feel any motion moving. And I looked at my instructor. I said, we're not going anywhere. And he said, look at your instruments. And I, sure enough, I could see we're climbing, you know, a Cessna 152, about yep. 500 feet a minute. That's, right. you know, that was like huge back then, maybe <laughs> a 500, more like 300 feet a minute, you know, doing what, 70 knots? Yep. And he said, look, your vertical speed, you're climbing. I said, but I don't feel anything. He goes, that's right. Night is a totally different animal. And we came into land. He said, it's the same thing. But again, your vision is different. The way you see at night, it's a totally different perspective. And I'm sure, listen, I know how difficult it was just to land on an airport that's not bobbing up and down. And at night, in the middle of a gulf or an ocean, that's got to be harrowing. It's uh, it's scary, and I would be the first to tell you that you never get used to landing on the ship at night. You just suck it up and go do it, uh, but you get scared. The minute you see your name on the schedule for the night sortie, you go, oh, here we go again. Right. i got to go do it. But you got to – I will say this, though. If you do it every night, night after night, and I've had two night landings in a night, you know, a day shot, a night landing, a night shot, a night landing, and you get pretty good at it, and you don't get as nervous because you're very comfortable in that environment, but you go two or three days without doing it, and you're back on the schedule for the night, and you're like, oh, here we go again. I really want to do this. Now, here's something else that's really fascinating. You need, most people don't even think about this. So you think, well, you land on the ship at night, and okay, it's all over with. No. No, it's not all over with because now you got a taxi. And there's right. no deck edge lights. So you can't Ooh. see. So you got a director. All you see is this guy with yellow wands, and he's directing you, and you're going left and right. And, they, and there's not a lot of room on that real estate up right. there, okay? So they're going to put your airplane right on the very edge Ooh. of the flight deck. And then they take you up, up onto the bow, and they want to turn you around and come back down the other way. Well, when you go up on the bow, there's no scupper up there. There's no railing or anything. Right. It just, just rolls off into the ocean. And your nose gear is behind you. That's right. So you're watching this director over your left side, and you're out over the water looking down at the ocean, and your nose gear is back there. You can't see it, and he's going, keep it coming. Like, no, I really don't want to do yeah. that. And he's, okay, now you can start, and you start to turn, and it's uh, it's very scary. I mean, your legs will shake. You get, oh, yeah. It's a major pucker factor. It's a major. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I used to say? Operating off a ship at night, my anus is so tight that a 500-pound gorilla with a 10-pound sledge couldn't drive a knitting needle up my anus. <laughs> that will go down in the aviation annals of history as one of the great quotes of all time. Uh, lights will continue. I want to. I, I just want to finish up before we we go. Actually, was there simulator training? 
Uh, you do you do a lot of simulator training for uh, carrier operations, but before you actually go out there, you'll do probably maybe 200, 250 uh, simulated approaches on a real runway that they darken the runway, right. and they light up an area that looks like a carrier okay. with a Fresnel lens, and they have the landing signal officer out there, and he grades every pass. And so you'll do six to ten passes, uh, and then you'll land, you get debriefed, go back and do it again, and you do that night after night after night for about, about two and a half, three weeks before you go to the ship. So that muscle skill, that muscle memory is already embedded in you. And so when you get to the ship for the first time at night, you really don't think about it anymore. It's just like you're doing it on the past three weeks. Right. It's the same thing. The only difference is you come to a halt on the carrier and on land, you just touch and go and keep going and come back around and do it again. But you fly all the same parameters. How many years were you in the Navy? 28. 28. And you retired, what, 10 years ago? I retired, oh my God. It was longer than that? 20 years ago. Is it 20? Ago. That's right, because you were in the defense industry afterward. Yeah, I was. I and and you, were in Jackson, you retired where, in Jacksonville? Yeah, Jacksonville, yeah. Okay. I stayed there for 37 years. I, I did uh, 28 years there and I, uh, another 10 years or so with Northrop and then got lucky to come down here. So I had, I had Jacksonville was our home. I love that place. It's great. But you know what? We ain't ever going back. We love Lakeland. People here are so friendly. I mean, it really is a, a hidden secret in the center part of Florida. You've got this gorgeous weather, which literally it's not nearly as cold or as hot as it is in Jacksonville, for crying out loud. You'd think it'd be hotter, but it's not because you get the sea breeze off coming out of Tampa. Right. And you're right between two megatropolises. Anything you want's right there. Bingo. But we're in this small little, you know, 100,000 people in Lakeland, and everybody knows everybody, and we're all good family friends. But Lakeland's grown since I first moved oh, here 32 yeah. years ago. I mean, now you've got an Olive Garden. you got a Hooters. I mean... And we got Amazon. You got every time you come in here. I was just going to tell Steve this, and I forgot to tell him. You come in, there's a giant Amazon warehouse that goes for like three quarters of a mile, right. and now County Line Road, where you you take the uh, the the exit off of Interstate Four to get to media parking it is unbelievable the amount of warehouses now and distribution centers. Oh, there's yeah. one house. Right on County Line Road. Okay, you know where I'm talking about. Oh, I know. And Beautiful. For home. years, I would come here, and it was strawberry know, fields. strawberry fields yep. all over the place, right? And this guy just had this beautiful house, strawberry fields that he owned in the back. And the next thing you know, okay, there's now a, a, a warehouse, and then another one. Now I came back. This guy. It's got this house surrounded by these giant warehouses. Right. But he must have owned all the land around it. He did. He Unbelievable. Did. He sold it, and he'll never work another day, nor will his family. So life is good for that gentleman. I don't think he likes living in the house anymore. I was going to say, because literally you are, you know, it had all this land around it, and now it's this beautiful house that's, you know, fenced around on County Line Road, and then you got these giant gazillion square feet of, uh, of warehouse space surrounding him. The one that Amazon has on County Line on the east side is a half mile. I kept looking at it going up. I'm thinking, this is pretty big. I wonder how big it is. So I set my odometer right. and I drove it. It's a half mile long. That's, I did the same thing. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's a monster. And, and, and when you just talked about being in Central Florida, it's a natural logistics hub. Because, oh, again, you're close to Tampa. Yep. You're close to Orlando. You've got I-4, which gets you to I-75, the Florida Turnpike. And interestingly, this airport, Lakeland Linder Airport, Amazon is making this a hub. They're yep. going to be transferring all their planes from, I think, Tampa and Orlando coming into Lakeland in the next few years. That's what they're saying. They're thinking about the next three years right now that they're going to grow. They'll go from uh, 11 flights to uh, 22 flights. Uh, but the airport manager, to his credit, did a great job in negotiating the sanctity of the fly-in. Right. So we'll still be able to have the fly-in, and uh, they will vacate the building whenever we have a jet team operating. We don't have to do it for other all the other air show acts because they don't have enough energy to impact their building. Right. Uh, so they can be in it. But the airplanes that are coming and going, they, we, we tell them when during the fly-in, we give them... We can negotiate with them for the windows or airplanes can come. Right. So it won't interfere with the show or interfere with the public flying in or with the Blue Angels or the Thunderbirds operating. Well, win for everybody because that means more revenue for the airport, more improvements. Well, let me tell you what. You want to know how important that was to us? Because of the revenue generated by Amazon, the airport came to us after COVID hit, and they said, I'll tell you what, we know you're struggling financially because it was a major financial hit. That's what we live on, 75% of our income sure. during the fly-in. We will waive your lease payment for a year. Really? And I just went in front of the county commissioners and the mayor uh, a month ago, 
and I thanked him for it again and said, whatever you can do this coming year would be greatly appreciated. We know you don't have to do it, but we're just asking if it's possible. And they said, we can't promise, but we, we will tell you we'll do something. So they're going to help us again, all because Amazon's here. And due to that, and along with our reserves, we were able to make it all the way from no fly-in all the way to yesterday, opening the gates, no debt. Gurkha is known for producing the world's finest cigars. When you look at their blends, you look at their packaging, you look at the bands, everything about Gurkha screams quality. Gurkha has just released a new cigar that is totally about absolute taste and quality, the San Miguel by Gurkha. It's a Nicaraguan Puro, Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler. Perfect, medium to full body balance, loaded with complexity, layers of flavor, including white pepper, a nice natural earth tone, finished with a sweet honey-like taste. San Miguel by Gurkha. Features 100% Aganorsa leaf, Nicaraguan shade grown Corojo wrapper, double Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. If you're looking for a medium to full bodied beauty, go no further. Then the new San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. John Lights, Lean House CEO of the Aviation Center for Excellence and Sun and Fun. We left off talking about the fact that you've got no debt. You've been able to survive over the last year. And Sun and Fun provides 75% of your revenues. What was it like over the past year being the CEO, knowing you got no revenue coming in, the county clearly uh, realized the, the importance of Sun and Fun, that not only just the importance to the airport and the community, but the economic factor as well. Correct. Everybody's got a hand in. All the hotels are filled. Restaurants are busy. People coming in. So how do you navigate that as CEO? Because that's something you can never train. That's a black swan event that none of us have ever lived through. Well, quite candidly, uh, as soon as that hit and we realized we weren't going to have to fly in, uh, we recognized the threat. Okay, I just t basically, I did the same thing we do in the Navy or in business. When you've got a major threat facing you, what you do is you, you, uh, you husband and uh, take full advantage of all your assets and figure out how do I apply the assets in a different fashion to defeat that threat. The threat is going to be financial devastation. So you have assets that, do we really need them? How bad do we need them? Well, if we don't have to have them for survival, they get sold. If we don't have to have the power on a building, it gets shut down. If you don't have to have somebody open up the front door of the, of the museum every day, they get let go. So we reduced our staff. We cut back on all of our utilities. We sold everything we had. We started looking at uh, all, the, all the employees gave up between two and ten days of free labor. They, just, they worked, but they didn't get paid. They didn't take a paycheck. And so we stopped all the, uh, all the overhead we could shrink. And we got it down by about 30% of what it normally costs to operate our business. And, and then, like I said, selling everything. Uh, we took our hangars that would normally be empty, and we rented every space we could put in there. We actually shopped out and found uh, events that could be done outside. So we got events coming in to build revenue there. And then we applied for the loans. Uh, and we had almost $2 million in reserves that were for a bad day or two. And, of course, we went through all of that. And so with all of those initiatives, uh, we were able to stay financially stable today. Outstanding. And now we have Sun and Fun 2021. Right. 47th Sun and Fun. Yep. Fly in. Give us the history of Sun and Fun. Started by a bunch of folks in uh, EA, uh, EAA Chapter 454. Which is, is the Experimental Aviation Association. Exactly. Experimental Aircraft Association. Uh, a couple of chapters got together in 1974 on the north side of the field, and they put together a fly-in. And actually, uh, they had gone to uh, Paul Poberesny at uh, the EAA. Sure. Uh, long time president. founder and longtime president. Founder and president. And, and they said, well, what are we doing? He goes, start small. Just start doing it. See who shows up. And they had a few hundred airplanes show up. 75 was the first one. They said, okay, let's call it Sun and Fun. They did it on the north side. A few planes showed up. Snowed. A little snowed? Different. Snowed. In, in Lakeland? In Lakeland. It snowed. <laughs> it snowed. Again, talk about a black swan event. <laughs> but, but the people kept coming, and they, they moved to this side of the field in 1977. 
and they've been on this side ever since, and it's slowly grown ever since then to what you see today. And there were some ups and downs. There were trials and tribulations. There were some mistakes made along the way. But it was all with good-meaning people. Some had more skill than others in how to manage the the overall big, giant event. And uh, nobody did anything malicious. They just sometimes they didn't watch the they didn't watch the till very close, and there was money going out that should have been going out. And you know they 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 just weren't business minded. Need a leader. You needed they needed to have the skill sets in the front office that could ensure that the the financial strength of this corporation was strong and would grow. And it was it was protected. It was sanctity, but it also was as we talked earlier, focus on customer satisfaction. You can't have continued operations of any customer-oriented organization without having the customer go, I love it, I like it, I want some more of it. And if you get that attitude going, then good things follow. And that's why we do this. It's because we love the people coming together. And the industry is such a great opportunity for our youth. So that's why when we put this thing on, we started changing our our mission uh, about six years ago to focus on the future, not just today. What can the future look like if we get the right people in our business? And the right people are out there. We just don't know what they look like. But they'll know who they are when they touch that first airplane and they get that first ride. And then they go, and Dave goes, Dad, thanks. I love airplanes. I'm going to have it in my life forever. And that's who we're looking for. What percentage lights of people who don't have a pilot's license, families that bring their kids that want to be up close to aviation, what percentage do you think that is of the total Oh, it's, attendees. it's probably half. Half. That's it's probably our Friday, Saturday, Sunday crowd. Right. These are parents that, uh, you know, they may just have enough money for those couple of tickets for them and the kids, and they got to do something outside, and here they come. And they may not fly. They like looking at airplanes. They like the thrill of an air show. But the kid's the one that's going to go, I want to do that. I think I can do that. And so that's the experience. That's that unintended consequence of exposing them to an opportunity they didn't even know was there. You know, you would not believe the number of lives that are changed at this event every year by a 10 or 12 or 13-year-old young man or woman walking up to that pilot by the airplane, and the pilot takes the time to say, hey, you want to sit in the cockpit? Look at this. And, once, and the kid's like, oh, no. Oh, it's no big deal. Just get on in there. Right. It's foreign territory to them until you put them in it. And right. once they're in it, and they go, and they look at all the gauges, and, of course, it just looks, it's a maze. It's just so complex. There's no way they can comprehend it. But he says, this is what shows you how fast you go. See this little dot right here? Right. And when it goes around like this, well, it shows you how fast you're going. And, of course, now today they, they power up the iPad, and the kid That's can right. play the iPad better than the pilot. That's right. And he goes, how do I get to the flight profile here? Right. And they're learning to fly <laughs> in, in their, you know, on their iPad or their computers at home. Yeah. And, I mean, you look at Microsoft Flight Simulator, which they just brought out for, I think, whatever it is, 60 bucks, 80 bucks. The reality. Now, I remember the first flight simulator I had, it was in, uh, I think, 10th or 11th grade, and it was on a little computer with, like, a black and white screen that didn't even, was very minimalist. Yeah. And I remember there was just, like, lines for the runway and everything, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is so cool. (laughs) And then now you look at Microsoft Flights, the reality, the detail, the sound. And there are kids that I know I've got friends, and they're like, Oh, yeah, you fly a Cirrus? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've flown this one, and I've flown a, uh, a Lear 35, and I've flown this. And it's incredible because it brings them, that's the start. Now they can do it in their home, and then they say, you know, now I want to do the real thing. Yep. And the advantage that they have that we didn't have growing up is superior. So I said yesterday, yesterday, last week, at the end of last week, a guy brings a sim here that he wants us to well, take a look at if we want to put it in our museum, in our science lab up here, which you get to later. But um, So it's a, it's a seat that is sort of uh, looks like a half shell. Right. And, and it roll, rolls around. Yeah. It's got little foot pegs on it. It's got a stick and a throttle on it. And you put the goggles on, earphones and goggles. And I got into an F-14 Tomcat. And I've flown those years. It's been, it's been 40 years 30 years ago since I flew one, but I thought I was back in one. It's really there. I can look all the way around. Right. I'm turning on switches in the cockpit. I take the cat shot. I fly it out, fly it around, and come back around and land on this thing. And I'm like, that was just like the real deal. I couldn't believe it. The, sim- the simulation is so advanced that that technology, we didn't. when I was in the service, you had to go in these big boxy machines with the big dome that cost millions right. and millions. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it was hard to keep up. And now he's got it in a suitcase, for crying yeah. out loud. <laughs> but it would be cool for CAA, CAE to donate 
you know, like a 767, a 777, an A330, A320 sim that you could set up here, which would be cool not only for the students, but then you could charge people to come in and actually fly it for an hour at a time if they donated it, just saying. Well, just saying. I've been talking to the folks from Honeycomb, and uh, he got a tour yesterday, the president did, and he goes, how many sims do you need? Really? Yeah. For our, for what we're, what I showed him was, and I don't know if you know this or not, but we're this this event this year right now that we're having is a the fundraising focus is to finish off the cost to build our our most advanced aviation based hands on STEM learning laboratories. It's called Skylab. We took the the museum and the pavilion, we closed it in, we added to the front of it 22,000 square feet of learning environment, teachers on staff, and students will literally start coming here in August in 5th grade, 6th grade, 11th grade for the first year, and they'll do classwork in there as part of their curriculum in the county of Polk. And And then we'll grow it from all the way from K through 12, all the way through, every student will be in that building, and we'll have sims in there, holograms, you'll have laser, uh, uh, laser bil- uh, what do they call it, uh, 3D printers. Right. So you'll design a wing, you'll design it, you'll build it, you'll put it in a wind tunnel, and you'll check it for uh, its performance. With that magnificent facility, it would seem to me that a revenue opportunity would be maybe on weekends to open it up to adults who want to come in, take classes, something along those lines, because you never uh, stop learning. We're way out in front of you. We just moved the Travis Career College, their whole education program for AMPs, onto our campus. Right. So the students will finish in high school on the after afternoon, on their juniors or senior years. They'll finish their day classes, and they'll come over and do adult classes right after school, twenty, you know, 200 yards away. And our, one of our buildings. So there, it's a full A&P course to get your license for adults. And that that has now moved here. And what you're talking about, the real revenue generation in Skylab in the evenings is for all those high-end receptions. And they pay a lot of money for that space to have all those cool aviation uh, artifacts around. And we rent the daylights out of that thing. So, I mean, we'll, we'll do almost uh, three-quarters of a million dollars worth of revenue renting our facility out through the year for all kinds of events. And that's just one more piece of it. That's fantastic. Now, how many attendees this year are you expecting? Well, our, uh, it, this is an interesting question because there's a lot of factors. And let, let's get to the fact. The facts of the factors are we rolled over half of the people that bought tickets from last year for this year that wanted to just come this year. They said, right. keep the money. I'll keep my ticket. It's good in 21. So that was probably somewhere around $150,000 worth of tickets. And then all the way up until yesterday morning, we were 25% higher than our very best year in advanced ticket sales. Now, we don't know if they bought those tickets because they don't want to deal with the line at the front up here. They just want to come with their electronic, wand it in, get their wristband and come on in. Or if they were afraid that we were going to sell out or we don't know. But at the end of the day, I don't know how many of them are going to show up. But we have more tickets sold by easily 30% than we've ever seen ever opening the show. What did you do in 2019? How many people? Uh, we were about 180,000, so we're thinking 200,000 this 200, year. 200,000. That's what we're thinking. And when you think about it, you get, if you take your kids to Disney, I mean, what you're talking, Sergeant Steve, how much does it take your kids to Disney these days? You'd know. I mean, it's it's not an inexpensive proposition. It's over $100 a day. $100 a day. Yeah. Okay. So $100 a day times whatever. Steve's got two kids, and if he brings his wife, which I assume he will, yes. you're going to pay for Anna. You're not going to make her go Dutch, are you? No, okay. not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so it's four, and adults are more, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think what an annual pass will cost you. Well, let's just say for a, a Florida, day. Yeah. Just you go for a day. It's going to be 150 to 200 a ticket. Okay, 150 to 200 a ticket. So let's just say it's 150 That's $600 for four people. That's just to get in the door. Just to get in the door. That doesn't include refreshments, which they gouge you, all the other, you know, items. How much does it cost to come in the door for kids and adults to sun and fun? Well, it's only 20 bucks if you're under 17. 20 which, bucks? Yeah. And if, you're, and if you're under 7, it's free. Okay. And if you're adult, it's $45. Unless you belong to an aviation organization or have a pilot license, then it's $40. So it's cheap. And then if, you, if you're really smart, then, then, we, then some people are figuring this out. Rather than just buying a general a ten dollar parking pass and a couple of wristbands and come on in here and then you pay, you know you pay ten dollars for a beer you're paying fifteen dollars for a hot dog and fries. Well, if you buy into the VIP high end nine two seven club up here for about one hundred and twenty five dollars for the day, you get five star chef, free wine and bo- wine and beer, air conditioned chalet, front row seating. 
concierge parking away from the crowd, golf cart rides anywhere you want to go. It's the best deal going. So guess what? That thing is sold out for Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thanks for letting me know about that in advance, Lights. I mean, I would have enjoyed that. Okay, I like Oh, the, everybody does. I like the VIP experience. And is a kids the same amount? Yeah, absolutely. So it's the same amount, so it's 125 So, but think about this. Now, now you got to know this. I'm going to put it in perspective. The person that, that runs that, the chairman for that, is my wife. My wife, Nancy, runs that chalet. She runs it top to bottom. And guess what it costs me to get in there? It 125 cost, bucks. Yeah, damn bet you it does. <laughs> Every damn day. I do not get in for free. I'm the CEO here. I'm the CEO out here, and i got to pay to get into my own VIP chalet. Well, listen, you're she, getting, goes, she goes, it's, 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 it costs money. This is not but free. But you're getting food. You're getting beverage. <laughs> you get right. golf carts. But think about it. 45 bucks a person. Okay, for two yeah. adults, nine, 90 bucks. And if yeah. they have kids under seven, it's free. It's $90 to come in here yeah. all day. I mean, put that per hour, for example. You get here at nine in the morning, and you don't, and in fact, you've got movies and everything at yeah. night. Yep. You're here till six, seven o'clock. That's, you know, eight, ten bucks an hour. Today, you're going to be here all the way up until probably 10 o'clock at night watching the night air show. Perfect. Hold that thought because when we come back, we're going to talk about those of you that are looking for something to do. If you live in the central Florida area, maybe you want to take a drive from South Florida or North Georgia, we're going to tell you exactly what's going on this weekend at the 47th annual Sun and Fun Air Expo and Fly-In, Lakeland, Florida. Camacho cigars are known for their strength and character. It's in their DNA. They're unconventional. Now, you know when you talk about a mild-bodied cigar with a Connecticut wrapper, it's the same story. Light, golden, mild, yawn. Camacho decided they were going to strip it down and tune it up with more flavor, more satisfaction, enough to earn a seat at the Camacho table. While still maintaining a nice medium-bodied character, the Camacho Connecticut starts with a Connecticut wrapper from Honduras, a binder from Honduras, authentic Corojo, and Honduran Dominican Republic filler. What do you get? A nice medium-bodied cigar that is tuned up, that delivers cream, woody nuttiness to round out spice and sweetness. Camacho, Connecticut. Good any time of day or night, morning, noon, or night. You can never go wrong. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Lights Lean House, the CEO, Sun and Fun, and the Aerospace Center for Excellence. All right. We're recording this on Wednesday. This is going to drop to our listeners on Thursday. So they've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The weekend is upon us. Yep. All right, so what do we have going on? Why should they come to Sun and Fun in Lakeland? Well, first of all, there's going to be so many airplanes out here, you won't be able to see them in one day. So you better plan on doing two of those. Of those four days, you better pick two to come out here and enjoy everything you could possibly see. Plus, all the vendors are going to be out here. And let's don't forget that when you go to see the vendors, what you're looking at, it may say aviation-oriented up there. That is tomorrow's technology today. Because everything you've got on your cell phone, we right. had in airplanes 20 years ago. That's right. All right. So all that technology is out there in these exhibit halls in on, and out on our main display area. So there's so much really cool stuff to look at, stuff that you can't even imagine, little jets that are smaller than a car that fly around at supersonic speeds, and, and all kinds of gyros and just really interesting aviation stuff. But if you like air shows, if you love air shows, you're going to see the F-22 Raptor demo, demo, which is phenomenal in and of itself. You're going to get to see that 117 C-17, I'm sorry, C-17, put on a demo that looked like it's a fighter, but it's a cargo plane. Right. Does that have the afterburners on that thing? Not anymore. No. Oh, not anymore. I've seen that, and that thing will scare the hell out of you. But that does some pretty wild stuff. And then we've got a whole list of warbirds that will be flying out there, uh, B-25s, uh, the B-17 will be in here, um, P-51s, uh, P-40s, all that stuff will be out here flying around. And when do the air shows start? Early starts, afternoon? Starts at noon. noon starts at day. noon. And at 3.30 every day, 3.30 starting Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the world-famous... Blue Angels will debut the very first time on the planet, the F-18 ENF Super Hornet. So every day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 3.30. Yes, sir. So if you're going to come to Sun and Fun, you, first of all, noon, you'll start hearing the planes all over the place. But at 3.30, that is a treat. If you've never seen it, it is a thundering experience. It oh. really is. Here's one of my favorites. When I see all the historical airplanes in the U.S. military fleet, yep. 
from World War II up until today fly in formation. There's like four or five of them. That, to me, is just extremely cool, oh, seeing our history. Well, you'll see that all day on uh, Thursday. You'll see it again on Saturday. And uh, we'll have a ramp full of them all weekend long. And then on top of that, we have the most, the newest tactical jets. We'll have Hornets out here. We'll have F-16s. Oh, by the way, our F-16s, ah, that's right. They're painted orange, and they don't have a pilot because they're unmanned. F-16s, really? drones, drone F-16s that we'll be shooting down. So take a picture of it because they won't be on the planet another year from now. They'll get shot down in training out over the Gulf here by Air Force or Navy pilots. But we'll... I told them, for this time, you got to put a pilot in to land at Lakeland. Right, right, right. Yeah. But they'll also have what they call BQMs. These are uh, launch drones. Right. That, one of them uh, came up ashore over here at Satellite Beach here about a month ago. Right. Big orange long yeah. uh, flying machine. We'll have a couple of those out there. The drones we're going to see. The drones are going to be out here. Um, we've got a, a, a PBY, one of the iconic uh, uh uh, survival aircraft of World War II that flew out over the Pacific and picked up down pilots, the PBY. It's what picked up George Bush back in the day. Um, and the list goes on and on. There's so much to see. You Again, you can't see it in one day unless you were a Superman and just raced from one point to the other. Well, and Steve and I, we've, we've uh, recorded interviews. We've gone down to the Warbirds and gone in, and you see these World War II planes, and you see the C-17 Globemaster, and you see, even commercial jets come in on occasion here. So, And the cool thing is, Again, anybody attending in many of these can go right up in. And when you see a C-17 Globemaster, how big it is, it's incredible. And everybody's friendly. They answer questions, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Also, you've got the Piedmont 727 that was donated. Right. Where people can go in. You can see the cockpit. You can walk right through it. That's a cool experience. And that's better than a simulator because that's the real deal. Real deal. That airplane actually starts up and runs. And the only Does it really? You didn't know that? No. Oh, no. Our high school students, when the bell rings, like from second period to third period, they march themselves right over to that airplane. They get in there, sit down in class. They all have an eye pad they pick two or three students they put them in a cockpit with an instructor behind them and a checklist they go okay turn on the battery turn on the apu really the APU all right works. fuel fuel to the number, uh, number one engine throttle up wait wait, wait. the engines work oh wait the whole thing operates i never knew that the whole airplane is fully functional i got thirty thousand pounds of fuel on board that baby and the only thing that doesn't work as it's advertised I locked the landing gear down because I knew some kid was going to try. <laughs> somebody's going to try to fly the thing. Listen, those Pratt & Whitney, J, I think they're JT-8Ds, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah. You can see, as an aviation buff as a kid, I would try to learn everything about uh, every time I'd go into a bookstore. Do you have any books on aviation? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, again, so we have, we have We have cameras in the cockpit. Right. So the students in the back can actually see every switch is flipped. They watch their buddies operate the aircraft. They move the flight controls. The ailerons move. The rudder moves. Slats, flats all go down. Everything operates as advertised. Then they can go on the radio and call the tower for ground clearance. They can program the computer and their Olins 727 to go to Chicago or back, whatever it is, and look at the nav route on that one. It's all there. It's a full meal deal. And then shut it down. And we can induce problems in it if we want to. They can deal with that. Outstanding. That's, so it's, it's a real airplane. Just the gear's locked. Good idea. Now, one of the other areas that's very cool, you can get up close and personal, the ultralight runway and all the ultralight planes. You can see them taking off and landing. And some of those ultralights, I mean, when we talk ultralight, I don't know how those things even get up. Oh, my I gosh. Mean, I was out there this morning pre-dawn, and I was watching the uh, powered gliders go around. They strap a fan to their to their, right. back, to their backside, put a parachute over their head, and away they go. And there must have been a dozen of them going around the, the circle pattern out yeah, there. Yeah, I like to have a little more beefier wings oh my underneath gosh. me and a bigger engine and, you know, protective shell around. But it's so cool to watch. You sit there for hours and watch them. Well, they have to take uh, – you'll need to check the schedule, but on uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday – and I think on Sunday as well, uh, right after the show, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're going to do stole demonstrations, short takeoff Take and, and landing. landing. Oh, those I've seen those. They're up in like 20 feet. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I think we had we had a winner. I don't know if you knew this or not, but we had the uh, the holiday flying festival and car show here in November, uh, in December rather, of last year to do a beta test to see if we could do this. So it was a day and a half. We did Friday night and all day Saturday, and we did stole competition on Friday and Saturday, and it was legitimate for real points in the national competition. And I think our winner, total distance from takeoff to landing, was less than 50 feet. Whoa, that's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. I went out there and watched them. I'm like, how did they do that? They, they, the power up, the tail comes up, they release the brakes, they roll like five feet, and boom, they're airborne, and they come back in and land, and they just go, bam, on the brakes, go up on the nose, and boink. Unbelievable. Well, there's something for everybody here. You come in, you can see the, the uh, light 
uh, airplanes taking off and landing, the ultralights. You can see the warbirds. You can see all the other planes, many planes on display. You go up to the flight line, and you can see the air shows. And then along the way, you've got all the airplane manufacturers that are here along the way. You can go in and take a look at their planes. And then there's educational seminars. The FAA has seminars. The Aircraft Owners and Pilots has seminars. Uh, I think EAA, I think there's different yep. uh, workshops and so on. Everywhere. There's something for everybody. There's food. There's beverage. One thing I would tell people, bring a hat, bring sunscreen. Because when you're out, you don't think you're getting a lot of you sun, are. but you are getting a ton. And on a day like today, there's like these wispy clouds, barely anything. You get a lot of that sun. Where uh, website for more information? Let's www.flysnf.org. Just go flysnf.org fly, fly and you all are day good long. to go. You can buy tickets online. Buy them online. Buy them at the gate. Come on down. Let's have some sun and fun fun. What's your wife's name again? My lovely wife is Nancy, and she's in charge of the 927 Club. Nancy, I'm going to talk to Nancy and say, listen, Lights <laughs> told me to specifically ask for you. I'm coming in. I'm going to I'm going to work a deal with Nancy. All right, that'll be – well, I want to meet her anyway. No you know what time we, – we have a camp right here. We live out here. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Well, we you mean for the week? For the week. Not year-round. Well, we have a camper out here that's here year-round. We, okay. sp- we spend a couple of nights, uh, well, three or four nights a month out here. Uh, different events we'll have. We just stay right, right here. Okay. She always wants a camper. She's got a camper out there. We're in, a, in one of those uh, power water sewer hookups and all that. So we stay out here starting last Friday, and I'll stay till the following, this Tuesday, not a week from today, before we pack it up and go back to the house. And we only live seven miles from here, for crying right. out loud. It's nothing. But she get, run the 727 Club. I usually get up somewhere around 6, 6.15 in the morning out here. She's gone by 4.30, 5 o'clock to get set up for the day's events. But she's got an easy commute. Yeah, she's, th- she's got a golf cart That's ride. the good thing. And listen, I see people, they, they fly in, they actually put little tents next to their planes. Oh, I used to do that. I did that for years. I brought, the, she and I flew the Stearman in, and we camped right under the wing. If I can get a Ritz-Carlton <laughs> tent with air conditioning, cable, mini bar, the heavenly bed, I'm in. Otherwise, <laughs> no chance for this general. That is just not going to work. But, Lights, it is always a pleasure to have you on. For 10 years now, I've done a magnificent job at Sun and Fun. We appreciate the hospitality. It's a highlight to see you every year. Hope to see you many more years. Congratulations. Tough year, but uh, in aviation, we're always looking forward. We're not looking back. Well, like Arnold said, we're back. We, yeah, we're back. Yeah, the People's Republic of Lakeland. Yeah. <laughs> we're no, back. actually, it's not. It's great. Isn't it great? People are walking outside in the fresh air. There's no masks in the, in the uh, exhibit areas, in the, in the uh, hangars. People are wearing masks. But it's so nice and refreshing to be outside and back to normal human life. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Dave, for having me. Hope you see you guys. Hope you have a great week. This Absolutely. is going to be fabulous. And we look forward to seeing you next year. Next time, let's light one up and smoke them till we. Oh, go. I got some for you before you go. So I got a, I got some cigars for you, lights. Because I know Nancy's going to let you smoke right oh, outside she does. the camper. Absolutely. She's the one who bought me the best humidor on the planet. Oh, she did. Oh yeah, I got a smoking bar outside my bar. Well, you know what we say if your wife doesn't like the aroma of your cigar, change wives. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about <laughs> that. You to. are good with with Nancy. <laughs> John Lights Leanhouse, CEO of the Aerospace uh, Center for Excellence, Sun and Fun. Alpha Dave, global, uh, your global five-star general and uh, alpha male-in-chief saying, may your humor always be full, may your cutter always be sharp, may your ash be extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. May all your landings be squeaky, precise, like lights did on all those carriers for many years. (laughs) 